Let me get a 10-piece hot, extra crispy, extra wet. Let me get a blue cheese. Matter of fact, two. I'm on celery and fries and a peach drink. And make sure my fries is hot because they was cold last time. to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by the Young Aunties. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in the room, come on in the room. Y'all welcome to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by us, the Young Aunties. Y'all know what it is. (laughs) Y'all could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I we down here in the South Atlanta area to be exact. And in the South, it's rude to come in the room and not speak and introduce yourself. So we're going to do that first, as always. Okay, kick us off. What's going on, everybody? It's Auntie Kirby, a.k.a. Where's Kirby Ann, a.k.a. The West Side Woodniff. And I'm checking in from the SWATs, as usual. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, sometimes we got to bring you a little sunshine. I've been gone for a minute. Now I'm back with the jump off. Hey! <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's your favorite double C, Coco, and Curfee. You know, Georgia paid, Florida made up in this motherfucking thing. Hey, and hey. everybody need a good shooter on your squad. What up, y'all? It's Aunt Kaylee, a.k.a. Killer Kaylee with no kills, a.k.a. the original Kaylee, established in 1985. Hashtag, stop gentrifying my name. Y'all gonna stop doing it. Stop putting time on Y'all know who I am. It's your favorite homegirl, Nick, from the old school lock on you, where we put it on you. And that's the aunties in the building today, y'all. Let's get it started. Y'all know what we like to do here. We like to get that good old wing order popping. Auntie Coco. Uh, yeah, Auntie Coco, let's start with you since you're back. What's your order of the day? So, you know, I'm the auntie that want to keep it healthy, even though I really want some chicken wings. But, you know, I'm going to keep it healthy. So, I'm going to have me a green machine smoothie bowl. That's one thing. And then I'm going to me a nice, good old omelet stuffed with peppers and onions and cheese and ground turkey sausage. And then I'm going to have my gallon of water with my lemon slices, orange slices, and lime. And that's what I'm having today. All right. Keep it nice and light. I like that. Auntie Kaylee, what we got? Um, You know, I'm going to follow after Auntie Coco and keep it healthy as well. Um, so I think I want a nice cob salad with uh grilled chicken. Okay, we love salad salad. with chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Auntie Kirby, what you got for us? I'm keeping it both sides of the track thing. So, what I actually did have for breakfast was uh, one of the more popular smoothies, which is green apple, celery, cucumber, ginger, lemon juice, and I put a few berries in there with some raw honey. Uh, so that was pretty tasty. And in that vein, I'm actually going to do some extra crispy ginger lime wings mm. um, with a nice uh, lime blue cheese sauce. It sounds real crazy, but I promise it tastes good. Mm. No fries, though. We're going to keep it vegetable. So we're going to add some more celery, some carrots on the side. And you know that blue cheese got to come from JR Crickets. Even though they be trying it, they don't be following my instructions when I call them on Uber Eats. So that's neither here nor there. Um, and of course, we're going to keep water on the menu because you got to push all this stuff out. We're getting older. <laughs> love it and I guess somewhere in the same realm I heard somebody mention it earlier 
and it's been on my brain ever since. And I think that's what I'm gonna really eat today. I want some good old cauliflower buffalo wings. Period. Mm. Like they 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 was talking about getting them real crispy and good. And I think that's what's gonna be on my menu for today. Really? Okay. All right. And I probably just get with some celery and some carrots on the side, and that good, like you said, that chunky Jr. Crickets blue cheese. May they <laughs> may they pay attention to what I actually say. Because they never, you'll order a large blue cheese and they'll send you a medium. Y'all be getting disrespectful out here. <laughs> but they'll charge you for that large. <laughs> don't make me come to your establishment. Okay. Don't, don't make me do it. <laughs> and I'll bring my shooter with me. And she already mad because y'all keep gentrifying her name. Pew, pew. <laughs> Let's get it. Got my Emma, right. Emma order wrong. Oh, no. Please. <laughs> All right. It's time for that good old auntie of. The week, a really fun one this week. Somebody we all know and love. Auntie yeah. Kirby, help me out with that one. We're actually making Auntie Khalees Auntie of the Week. And not just because she be checking people, but sometimes you've got to. And that's the sign of a great auntie. Somebody that can stand up for themselves, tell their story, tell their truth, and be honest and authentic and genuine. But we also want to honor her just because she's a trendsetter. Um, her full name is actually Khalees Rogers Mora. And obviously we know her anonymously as Khalees. Uh, she actually got started when she was uh, 14 years old at LaGuardia High School of Music and Performing Arts. And since then, she has been dancing in our hearts with albums like Kaleidoscope, with specifically songs like Caught Out There, Good Stuff, and Get Along With You, which is my favorite song by her. And um, I just wanted to honor her this week because, like I said, she's always been very honest and raw and very clear about her expectations, uh, whether it was her music, whether it was her relationships, and even now her love of food because she's created so many different um recipes and books and she's got a farm and she's got these beautiful animals and does all this farm to table wonderful fresh food and considering that we all are having kind of uh keeping it chill on our meals today i think it's appropriate to honor her because she's always serving us something good because of course you know her milkshake brings all the boys to the yard so we honor you until Khalees. <laughs> we appreciate you and we hope that you don't get caught out there no more <laughs> Love it. Thank you for that one. We want to give you your flowers while you're here. Controversy aside, um, which we'll probably talk about that another time, maybe on the podcast. Um, and she fine. Okay. Gorgeous. She posted a picture picture and said homegrown. I was like, okay, girl, look at you. And is. And is. All right. So Auntie of the Week is Khalees. Didn't even know that was her real name. Mm Mm-hmm. Also a fun fact. All right, time to get into that good old menu, you guys. We know that meat and potatoes is what you came for. You know, we always start with Atlanta news at the top. Auntie Coco, go ahead and kick us off with the first Atlanta story. So the first Atlanta story is about a rapper who goes by 21 Savage. I don't know his real name, but Google 21 Savage. He's going to pop up. So he um tweeted, um, Atlanta, we have to do better. Put the fucking guns down. So... Twitter was like, excuse me? Is, is this a 21 Savage who said spin the block twice like it ain't nowhere to park? Um, so, and they start, you know, just basically tweeting out specific lyrics that, you know, contribute to gun violence. And then he responded in a video by saying, well, a tweet by saying, a song is for entertainment. It is not an instruction manual on how to live life. In real life, I give away a lot of money and financial literacy to my community. Stop trying to make me one dimensional. Um, So it's a lot of backlash and it's a lot of opinions on whether or not, you know, him being a hypocrite. 
So me personally, I do see where people was coming about, you know, commenting saying that he's been a hypocrite. But I also do understand his his standpoint on on of I'm an entertainer, so I'm going to entertain. And at the end of the day, he actually really do give back to the community. Like he do do book bag drives, he do do turkey drives, school like school drives, toy drives, and he also was just a part of a panel for an anti-gun violence rally in Fulton County. He's on a panel with judges, attorneys, and other activists on, you know, speaking on ways to try to minimize or just, you know, absolutely delete gun violence in Atlanta. Um, so I can see both sides, but I do know for a fact, because I do this at work, I do it when I was in school, I do research on it. Music does not contribute to crime. Like, it, it's not a factor. I've never heard a child say, I committed a crime because I heard it in a song. Or I've never, in any research that I've done, I've never seen music being a criminogenic behavior or or actually influencing criminogenic behavior. The top one is antisocial, you know, personality, family, um, financial, education, employment. Those are like criminogenic behaviors and those are the reason why people commit crimes. So I understand his take on it, but then I also understand people saying, well, you don't need to rap about gun violence if you want it to stop. So what's your thoughts? Auntie Kaylee, go off. <laughs> um, I agree with 21 Savage. I really do. Um, number one, it's not his responsibility to, to make sure that your kids or or your some of these adults act right. Um, and also, yeah, that's for entertainment purposes. I like that he spoke up and said, I'm not one-dimensional. Yeah, I can rap about this and that and the other thing. And he said on like a live, like, if I was up here rapping about God and rapping about doing like good deeds and shit, like no one would buy my music. No one would buy my music. Y'all don't want to hear that. Um, and that's also true. So, I mean, I think he, he made some good points. Also, what was he supposed to say? Like every time there's a shooting, should he come out because he raps about like, shootings and gun and, and like gang shit should he come out and make a statement like good job like y'all killed a, a baby last week awesome y'all shot you know someone's daddy cool like i mean what was the statement supposed to be why can't he speak out and say do better y'all um he just had his seventh back to school drive um he partnered with Foot Locker just a couple days ago, had a, um, a back to school drive. Like he really does do a lot in the Atlanta community. So I'm with 21 Savage. Uh, he made a common sense statement and for people to act sit up here and act like he's supposed to be like rooting gun violence, like rooting it on, like in real life, like tweeting it out is just absolutely ridiculous. All right. I mean, I, I'm going to say, yes, there's a difference between entertainment and real life. Much like I don't look at an actor in a movie in a gun scene and assume that they walking around shooting up parks and shit in real life because they did it in a movie. Um, and I think it's important as I think that's what Kayla was hitting on parents. It's your responsibility to teach that to your children, not um, entertainers. I, I, I was very clear as a child that music, um, movies, TV, that was fantasy. That was not necessarily real. However, comma, a lot of y'all rappers always want to stand on that everything you write and rap is real. And it, you can't have it both ways. 
um is it that that's that's real that's the life you live or is it that it's entertainment just be clear and pick a side and stay on it also i mean it does look kind of weird when you have a, a son a, for example a song called Gunsmoke. most of the time i be caked up with my stick bro yeah ak make your brother do the limbo make this glock shiggy challenge out the window savage why you always rapping about guns foe because bitch i fell in love with the gun smoke gun smoke gun smoke gun smoke gun smoke yeah gun smoke put my glock down that's a no-no when i wear my suit i told my fofo Y'all ain't killing shit. Y'all niggas ho-hos. You were broke, joke. Started with a deuce-deuce. Turned it to a 38. Then I got a Glock 9. Turned it to an AK. First I was a leg shooter. Now I'm hitting chest face. She done caught a rug burn. Give that bitch a neck brace. Shoot at me with a handgun? That's an insult. We got plenty sticks, nigga. Plus my M's up. That's entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. It 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 got me like okay, but I also you see what you're saying. Does this sound like somebody who is against guns? You said he don't even want you shooting at him with a handgun. He talking about eight. First of all, it sounded like the night before Christmas for gun lovers. (laughs) I remember that. Twas the night before Christmas. This is the night before the shootout. All through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not even the mouse. We were loading my mags, getting them full. We about to spend the block. <laughs> like, like I'm just I'm like, I'm gonna stop. And kill these fools. You're right. You know, I, you know I was going with it. You know I was going with it, Kathy. Retiring. <laughs> Let me just get into the cafe. I'm not that with me. I'm, I, I I'm telling you. I'm just saying it when you have these kind of lyrics. It is going to be hard for people to take you seriously um, in the stop the gun violence thing. Now, I also don't want to get in a world where people cannot evolve. Um, Perhaps that was you, you know, with the knife tattoo. That's also kind of hard to overlook in the middle of your forehead. Um, I remember the the infamous, the guy thought it was a cross and he said, it's a knife. It's a knife. It's a knife. Um, yeah, 21. I mean, I'm not gonna say what you said was wrong. I'm glad that you spoke out against it. Hopefully, it touched somebody's heart. But I mean, if you think that you can say this kind of shit and not get criticism behind it, you're fooling yourself. And you need to be prepared to answer to that in whatever way is truthful for you and continue to speak out against gun violence. In the meantime, you need to write a children's type book for adults. With these kind of rhymes because this is very entertaining <laughs> period speaking of violence though y'all not only are these kids out here shooting gang gang um they out here pushing and shoving apparently um a veteran a vietnam veteran uh ended up finding out that it's a knife uh recently um it actually no i'm serious um it actually happened back in April. Um, the title of the article is saying a man is accused of attacking an elderly VA patient. And he actually got indicted by a grand jury on six felony counts. 
Um, what happened was essentially this dude that works at the VA um, named Lawrence Guyard was in his office and a Vietnam veteran by the name of Mr. Webb, uh, Philip Webb to be specific, he's 73 years old, knocked on his door to have a conversation with him about an upcoming surgery. And essentially they got into a little bit of an argument and Lawrence, the VA worker, put his finger in Mr. Webb's face and Mr. Webb, that's an old man. So he was like, get your finger out my face. And then a tussle ensued. And essentially, <laughs> this is really bad. You can't be tossing old people around like this. But essentially, um, Webb got knocked to the floor. Well, actually, first, uh, Lawrence pushed him back, choked him with both hands, body slammed him on the floor, and then kicked him in the head. Um, and then Mr. Webb, you know, he came back and did his interview. He said, I was getting Mike Tyson down here, and I don't know what to say. Um, but essentially, you know, things happen. Lawrence decided to run off on the plug because he saw that it was a knife as well. And so a lot of jurisdictional things happened and they had to go find him. And they're getting ready to actually potentially see if they can't put him in jail uh, for 20 years. So I don't know if you all have veterans in your family or any elderly people that have been in, you know, things like hospice or nursing homes. Uh, how would y'all feel if one of your elderly family members was getting rocked out here um, like there was Evander Holyfield? <laughs> I mean, not good at all. This is a horrible, horrible story. 73 years old. Like, I understand sometimes you had a bad day. You're dealing with old people. You're dealing with veterans. You're dealing with people who might have mental health issues. But, I mean, they went ham. Like, you whooped an old person's ass. Um, you know, my dad served 20 years in the Air Force. So this is something near and dear to me. Um, he has excellent insurance. However, if he ever has to do something involving the VA hospital, which, I mean, he, he's had surgeries and things like that, where he, and he has not gone to the VA hospital for those services. But whenever he does have to go to the actual hospital, it's horrible. I mean, the horror stories are true. It's long lines. They're disrespectful. They want to decline people of services. Um, you know, there's nothing that people love saying more in this country than, oh, thank you for your service. And we love our veterans and all of that. They treat, we treat veterans in actuality like shit, mm. like shit, especially those who suffer from mental health issues, who have, you know, the PTSD, who went to war, who maybe never were able to get like reacclimated back into society. And for this to happen to this poor man, I mean, yeah, I hope they, they send that person. I hope they go to, to go to prison because that was just horrible. Yeah, you got to get 20 years for 20 for a 20 minute ass whooping. So, yeah, crazy. And, if, and they said that the man knocked on the door just to say he was to let him know he was going to the restroom. Wow. Because, okay. of course, you don't want to lose your spot. They call your name and you're not there. Of course, you know, we all know, of course, we'll sit there for an hour and then the two minutes that you take in the restroom is when they finally call you and you come out and now you're back at the back of the line. So he was just wanting to say that I'm hey, I'm going to the restroom in case you call me. Don't know why this escalated to that point, but yeah. Because, um, because Lawrence put his finger in Mr. Webb's face. Mr. Webb was like, not today, sir. And then he pushed his finger out of his face. And once he pushed the VA worker's hand, uh, finger out of his face, that's when the VA worker was like, okay, you're going to get your ass whipped today. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, Kirby, I'm coming to you um, for two things. We're going to get um, talk about that Atlanta Park arrest. But first, if you could just give us a quick update um, on the Ahmaud Arbery case. Well, not his case, yeah. but. Yeah. So apparently, um, obviously, we already know that the two gentlemen that killed Ahmaud Arbery had already been convicted 
um, and sentenced. But now there's additional sentencing. Uh, apparently, they are uh, one of them specifically um, is going to be sentenced to life in prison for federal hate crimes uh, convictions involving the 25-year-old slain. Um, the actual three men convicted of the uh, murder will face um, a federal judge on Monday to learn their true sentences. Travis Michael specifically is here and will be scheduled for 10 a.m. followed by Greg and Michael at 1 p.m. and their neighbor, William Roddy uh, Bryant, at 3. Um, so not only are they convicted of first-degree murder, but they've also been convicted um, of federal hate crimes. And we all know that when you get convicted of a federal hate crime, they throw the book at your ass. Um, and it's very possible that they may, may never be able to appeal it because of the fact that it's a federal, federal hate crime. So of course, we're glad, you know, as a community um, that these people are getting, um, dealing with the, the hand of justice. At the same time, it's so sad that we've had to sit through some of these very terrifying trials and watching that family go through things. And truthfully, Ahmad, you know, whether he was trespassing or not, he didn't deserve to die. Uh, and especially at the hands of a, basically a lynch, what I would consider to be a lynch mob. These are three grown ass white men that chased him down and sought him out and killed him. Um, so, so again, continue to rest in peace, Ahmad. Um, and I'm actually glad that the federal government was like, you know what? Yeah, that was definitely a hate crime. Y'all tracked him down. He was not actually pursuing you all. And he was not taking anything from you. And he was not in um, any type of like uh, physical altercation with you all. Y'all actually chose to pursue him and kill that man. Um, so that's a quick update. Uh, the other thing, uh, uh, speaking of folks uh, doing things they ain't got no business doing, uh, we talked about in our live last week. A young lady that was in an Atlanta park uh, with her friend after dark. And anybody that lives in Atlanta, and I'm pretty sure this is probably the case in most areas in the country, um, typically you're not allowed in public parks after dusk. And that's typically about 6 to 7 p.m. wherever you go. And so the initial video that was released started when the woman was uh, about to be arrested. And so everybody was up in arms and very upset. I, of course, was very triggered. By it. I don't like seeing black women tossed around by men and especially not by the police. But I also recognize that there's a possibility that something else was going on. Well, of course, the full video got released because APD, APD said, Not today, motherfucker. They said, Let me tell you something. This officer actually followed protocol um, and he actually did tell the lady, If you don't sign the citation, I am going to have to place you under arrest. At which time she kind of started going back and forth with him. And then that is when things ensued. And so APD was just explaining, listen, we let you know ahead of time, we're going to put you under arrest. This officer followed pro uh, proper pro protocol. And it was a big uproar on the internet. Shade Room reposted it. Folks was in the comments talking about some, see, she deserved it. That's why black women don't need to have an attitude. And you should have just signed it. And you did this to yourself, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it was very, very interesting. But I can definitely come back and say, even though the video is still uncomfortable to watch, y'all know good and damn well, when the police say put your hands behind your back, deal with this stuff later. Auntie Nick also spoke to that on the live on Wednesday. Sometimes you just got to make sure that you get through something alive. And not only that, I know for me personally, as a person that loves to travel, if I'm out of town, I do my best to avoid the police, even if it's for something that I need help with. Let me figure out how to solve this. Because when you out of town and got to potentially pay bail, your car going to get towed. Whoever you was with probably going to leave you because they probably ain't got no money to bail you out of jail in the first place. And then you're going to end up having to call around a family that's in another city and be wiring money. It's just, it's super inconvenient. And at the end of the day, we all grown. You know you're not supposed to be in the park after dark. I know sometimes I've, in my life I've been in the park after dark because I wanted to kiss and hug on somebody. But you got to be careful what you're doing out here. And also be mindful the police are human beings as well. So if they're giving you instructions, sometimes you're just going to have to follow that shit. Or you might get hemmed up the same way this young lady did. <laughs> it is what it is. Very Apparently, we haven't got your perspective yet. Where do you stand with this? Now that you and you've been able to see both videos, um, 
Yeah, whoever released the little truncated video, they tried it. Like, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I saw the full thing first. So, I mean, that woman, she really was being an asshole. Like, she really was. The dude was just like, find the ticket. He was being nice. Again, these were two grown-ass people. Like, it'd be different if, if it was two teens and they're in the park. Why are you like a whole, I don't even know. She looked like 30. What that mean? What are y'all doing in the park? Like, why are y'all even hugging and kissing in a park, anyways? Go get a room. Get a room. Um, but yeah, Mr. Brooks. I mean, <laughs> but Mr. Brooks. <laughs> Ain't no Mr. Brooks now. When you had all that attitude, Mr. Mr. Brooks. Brooks yeah. Mr. Brooks. <laughs> like that shit was cracking me up. I was like, girl, that tone changed real quick when he was like, "Ma'am, yeah." Yeah, you got you're gonna have to come with me. Um, but again, like he was being polite. He asked multiple times. Like she was being a whole asshole on purpose, and that's what happens. Did he really have to cite her for the ticket? I mean, they said that they don't want people in the park because of the recent shooting that just happened at the park that 21 Savage was talking about. And that's another reason. Yeah, sorry. And there, and that's another reason why you don't even why do you want to be in a dark ass park anyways? Like that's eerie and unsafe but whatever she got what she got she deserved it she definitely got what she got uh uh this is this does go to why um, when it comes to law enforcement i was like you need to see the whole story um because when you break it up like that it looks totally different um he did do his job he did it well um she was doing the most i know one of the narratives people were saying he never wanted to give her his badge number and all that. Y'all see, he gave it to her immediately and gave it to her multiple times. Um, he allowed her to do way too much. Honestly, I think he was overly accommodating because of the nature of police civilian encounters. And he was trying to just get her to sign the citation. The man signed his. She hadn't signed hers. There was also some question about whether people have to sign citations or not. The answer is yes and no. You um, can sign it, and it, it, like I said, it form it, it works as a receipt, almost, um, and that you're agreeing to either pay it or show up to court. Um, if you don't sign it, I just want people to be clear. And this is in Georgia. I can't speak for every state, but this is in Georgia, so I'm gonna talk about Georgia. You don't sign it. It's at the discretion of that officer of whether or not you're going to be placed under arrest if they feel that you um, will not. If there's a chance you won't show up to court um, and act up, then they're probably going to place you under arrest. And if you're already being difficult and and non-compliant at the time, that's probably an indication that your ass might not be showing up. So they will probably place you under arrest. Now, they could choose not to, and they could try to mail it to you or send it to you another way. But again, that is at the discretion of that officer at the time. So based on the information that we got, I think we can all agree that we understand why Officer Brooks <laughs> chose to not take that chance and to say, okay, if you don't sign, ma'am, I'm going to have to place you under arrest. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when, when an officer has started arresting you, they're not going to stop. Okay, so once you've gotten to that point, people, don't expect them to say, well, okay, all right, all right. It, it's, it's, they're done talking at that point. Now you are under arrest. You are detained in that manner. So I just want to clear that up for anybody who thinks that you do not have to sign a citation. Yes, you are within your rights to decline to sign it. But then that officer 
is within their rights to determine whether or not you're going to be placed under arrest at that time. Um, also, moving after that, you have the right to pay the citation and not appear in court. But if you pay it, that's an admission of guilt. Signing a citation is not an admission of guilt. Paying the fine is an admission of guilt before prior to court. Um, and you can always go to court and fight it out if you feel that you were not guilty. So I just wanted to give that little bit of information. Um, but moving forward, I hope that it does. If, if from this podcast and listening to commentary, if it doesn't do anything else, my personal hope is that it gets people to be more objective when, when looking at videos like this and asking more questions instead of jumping to immediate conclusions. And also trying to figure out other types of solutions and advocating within your own community. Because while it was ugly to watch, the reason why the police have the right to operate in that way is because we allow it. So um, keep that in mind as well. If it's making you uncomfortable, Auntie Nick says it all the time, make sure you pay attention to who's being voted as uh, head of law enforcement in your cities and in your municipalities. And make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on in politics in your area. Um, one thing I hope at some point or another, which I think is technically true, but I'm not sure I have to fact check this, having interstate ticketing systems so that, okay, fine, you don't want to sign a citation, we'll just make sure your license gets suspended. You can't come back in this state until you pay this ticket. There are a lot of other ways that we probably could resolve these issues, but in the meantime, follow instructions. All right, moving on to the rest of the menu, non-Atlanta. Auntie Kaylee, I'm coming to you. Um, we got some changes in dating opportunities. <laughs> yes. So there was a study published uh, titled The Rise of the Lonely Single Men um, or The Rise of Lonely Single Men. Um, so a recent study was done and it showed that younger and middle aged men are now the loneliest they've ever been in generations. Um, and it's probably going to get worse, guys. 62% uh, of dating app users um, are men. And uh, the study showed that many women are overwhelmed with how many options they have <laughs> because, you know, we out here choosing. Um, studies have revealed that women prefer men who are emotionally available, good communicators, and share similar values. Would you look at that? Crazy. Rocket science. Um, <laughs> the article said that men need to address these skills, uh, their skill deficits, uh, to meet healthier relationship expectations. I don't know, just all of these crazy revelations in the study. <laughs> um, so what do y'all think about this? I mean, me personally, um, as someone who has used like dating apps and things like that, I have not, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would have to get back into the swing of things to like really test this out. I don't know. Like are, are men out here now on dating apps, like acting like they got some sense because no women. Are <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> you answered that. Um, I'll say from my personal experience, because I'm going to do my best not to drag men today. I'm just going to say what my specific experience has been. I've had situations where a man has reached out to me on a dating app and said, let me teach you self-defense so you don't get uh, creeped uh, with the R, with the R instead of a C and an R in the front. I've had men reach out and uh, tell me um, I'm beautiful for an insert whatever situation here. It's just very, very weird. They're not well socialized. And I think that article also speaks to that. And there's a lot of other things. I've been reading about uh, Western men having um, Carl Jung talking about the infantilization of Western men. Um, yeah, it's just, it's odd to me. And then another video that I saw uh, in relation to this, uh, when this article came out, 
um, a white woman was talking about, um, about a 30-something-year-old white woman was just talking about the fact that, like, okay, we don't need you all to survive, so that means that you're going to have to adjust your skill sets. If we don't need you for your money, and we really only need you for emotional su uh, support, or at least we desire or want you for emotional support, for conversation, for friendship, and for pleasure, then you're going to have to increase your skill set in all of those different areas. It's not just about men in the relationships anymore. It's about both people. Um, and so, you know, I would hope that men take this, especially since it was written by a man, because men hate taking advice and feedback and critique from women uh, for whatever reason. That's men of all races. Um, so I hope that, you know, they take it and they utilize it and they act on it and execute and, you know, don't go into manosphere mode, uh, and internet Negro mode and internet man mode and start getting your feelings and talking about what women are not doing so on and so forth. You know, it's really not about what we're not doing and what we are doing. It's about you all not being self-accountable and self-aware. Um, if you want to get, uh, one of these newer women, even if she's a traditional woman, you're going to have to step your game up or as... The girls say, step your pussy up, like step your dick up, like do something. It's, 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 it's a requirement at this point. And women are also starting to realize, especially those of us who earn our own keep and got mortgages and insurances and cars is that we're actually learning how to create community and already was creating community with our women friends and with our just platonic friends. So we're learning how to not even be deeply concerned about being, being partnered or feeling like, oh, I'm not married yet or I'm divorced. We're becoming less concerned and consumed with that and more concerned with uh, self-improvement and self-awareness and self-love and self-care. So y'all got to figure out something. Um, and one last thing, there's a gentleman that we hope to bring on soon was talking about his fear is with this loneliness, men tend to act out towards others when they have negative experiences and negative emotions. And so he feels like there's a potential, going to be a potential uptick in domestic violence and inner partner violence and man to woman violence and battering. Um, because of some of the things that are going on. And we already know with the Roe v. Wade situation uh, that that was already going to be something. So, you know, guys, I, you know, I, I can holler from the mountaintop and from Calvary as much as I want to, but if y'all don't take action, you're going to find out you're not going to get no action. I mean, yeah. Um, the first thing I just want to point out to anybody out there listening is to keep this in mind. Not every woman desires to be coupled. Um, so to assume that that is a goal that every woman has is already putting you on the wrong path. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be coupled, but there's also nothing wrong with not wanting to be coupled. Um, with that, I think men are struggling with the, the, the very finite point that now, because of the, the strides we have made, women actually have to like you to be in relation with you and to marry you as in like contrast to before where it was a survival mm -hmm. thing um let us let's not forget it wasn't until the 70s that women could, in america could even have our own bank accounts so of our fathers or our husbands yes and so it, it we couldn't even control our own money until that much that recent and i think people are really surprised when they hear that especially because a lot of people in our age we were born in the 80s and just a decade prior, our mothers could not even control their own money, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think that's what they're struggling with. We actually have to like you now. Um, I hear a lot of men compare um, and complain um, in their comparison to women of the past, um, comparing us to their grandmothers, not realizing that their grandmothers were um, basically hostages in their own home. 
Um, they asked questions about how do we know this? And I wanted to be very clear because they told us. Mm. They may not have told y'all, but y'all keep romanticizing these relationships that were physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually abusive. Y'all think it's cute to talk about how they still together and your grandmama held your granddaddy down and he had kids that looked like him lying in the street in different households and they knew about it and everybody, it, that, that's not cute and we're not doing that anymore. And we don't have to do it. Your grandmama might not have had a choice because she could. Where was she going to go? But now we do, and we're not doing that anymore. And I think they are really struggling with the fact that women know the word no, and we utilize it. Um, I, and I think that goes where it says healthy relationship standards. That is really weird to me. That as healthy relationship standards rise they struggle more mm -hmm. but they are okay with the unhealthy ones mm -hmm. you know you i you talked about dating apps and i've had experiences in real life dating well they, it turns into real life dating but real life meeting people and dating online and all that and it's like it's to the point where you can say simple things and somebody's like well what kind of things are you looking for you can be like i've said it almost jokingly like, you know, somebody who's employed, you know, doesn't have a bunch of kids that they don't take care of, you know, don't beat women. And they be like, whoa, 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 you're asking for a lot. <laughs> like, really? That, no, that's You already asking for too much here, you know, for you not to beat my ass? Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's, we're at that point. And um, I choose not to participate in the mess with anybody who's in there but you know women we're gonna have to really come together and have a collective are we gonna keep entertaining the mess or not no we Men, are y'all gonna step up or not i don't know i ain't got the answers i just know it's a lot of bullshit afoot and it is really entertaining i do encourage y'all to stay the fuck off of online dating <laughs> <laughs> do not do it. The dating pool on there is 100% accessible. In real it's life, too. It's nuclear waste. Um, if you want to contract some form of cancer, yes, please, internet date, by all means. Oh, my God. It, it is Maybe one day we'll do an episode on experiences online dating. Um, I mean, if you want to try it. Even the experiences are um, trash. It's, it's bad. I've never tried it. Don't. I've never tried it. You don't need to. It's not necessary. I tell people all the time, particular <laughs> women, if you're going to date, get yourself prepared to go to places where people who like the things that you like are. So whether you want to go to a cigar bar, the museum, go play golf, play some volleyball, go to art classes, art shows, finance conventions, or conventions within your profession. But please, the online dating pool is really just a lot of men that are really odd, weird, awkward, and disrespectful trying to figure out if they can co coerce you into having sex with them within the first couple of days of meeting them. And even the ones that do want to take you out, they get agitated if you're not trying to hug and kiss on them after the second date. And it's like, you don't want to get to know nobody. You're not trying to build no friendship. You don't have no interpersonal skills. So honestly, a lot of you, and I, this is my advice to, to the men who are having problems with the adjustments, just make sure you put $40 to the side every week to get a prostitute and keep it pushing. Well, damn. I'm just saying, like, at this point, that's what y'all be asking for anyway. And you don't like spending money on dates because y'all say most of us are gold diggers. So, 
a forty dollar hoe can give you most of what you need, and you know, which is pretty much sex. But it's interesting. I really be wanting emotional connection and sex without having to do nothing. But again, put that forty dollars to the side from your check from whatever job you got, um, so that you can, you know, call on somebody. But you're not gonna be able to call on most of us. And I want to say something really quick. Um, let me make this unequivocally clear. The women who are not trying to get on board, no matter what color you are, don't call us when some foolishness go down. Because I'm not a person or a woman that says I'm for all women. Some of you all are very male identified, and I don't want you in my babysitter's club. So please stay off of my porch. Don't ask me no questions, no comments, concerns, don't send me no emotional outbursts about how niggas is trash, and how these men are trash. You're making a conscious choice at this point to be dealing with the fuckery. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. The Breakfast Club, as you know it, is officially over. That was a tweet that radio host Angela Yee sent out on Tuesday, August 9th. Um, and it had social media ablaze. Everyone was trying to figure out what did this mean? Speculations went up, like went crazy. Is the Breakfast Club canceled? Did they get fired? Are they breaking up? Was there beef? Um, well. The answer is kind of none of the above. Angela Yee has been given her own nationally syndicated radio show called Up with Angela Yee. Way Up with Angela Yee. Um, it will actually be coming out right after The Breakfast Club in that time slot. It'll be in 31 plus markets. Um, they're not really sure exactly when she's going to start. Maybe they said sometime in the fall. Um, and it could go all the way up into the new year, um, depending on when things are ready. Fret not, she will remain on The Breakfast Club until that time. And she will also be taking part in helping them find their new third co-host. The Breakfast Club will be going on and they will have a third co-host in that slot. Names have been going around. Remy Ma is one of them that has been going around um, along with some others, but they have not made a decision. They will be kind of auditioning um, letting different people sit in the seat and see who has the chemistry um, mm -hmm. for the show. Um, what do y'all think? Are y'all happy for Angela Yee? Do you think the Breakfast Club is going to be able to go on without her? Or will there be a void there? Hmm. I, I, I don't think there'll be a void. Uh, I'm sorry. I think Angela Yee is boring <laughs> as fuck. <you> know? <laughs> like... Every time I watch it, like, she doesn't contribute much. She has her, like, rumor report, I think she does, one segment. But, like, she doesn't contribute much. Like, she's not funny. She's not interesting. She doesn't ask good questions. Like, Charlemagne and DJ Envy have their, you know, bro-type back-and-forth, you know, kind of uh, banter, right? Angela Lee, Angela's never really fit in with that either. So I'm like... I don't know. I guess congratulations on your new show because I'm not a <laughs> hater, but also like I'm definitely not going to be listening to it. And I don't know like what her demographic uh, like audience would be like people who just want to be bored. Like, are they also boring people? I don't know. Like, she, I don't know. Like, what? She, what I don't know what she's going to talk about, man. Like other people's business. Like, I just I don't know. So I don't know. Like, I'm interested to see who the new co-host will be like, because literally anybody else would have more personality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Remy mom um, in a couple of interviews and things. And she seems like funny, you know, and very lively. So I think that would be interesting. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. <laughs> um, I concur. 
you know, and the other thing about it, I had got excited because I thought the Breakfast Club was going to end, but I had to think about it. iHeart is not going to end that show. The Breakfast Club is a huge syndicated show because I was really ready. And don't get me wrong, DJ Envy and, and, and Charlemagne have done a lot of things, but they've also done a lot of things. And um, it get a little coontastic up there sometimes. But you know what? Have at it. I'm not a hater either. Get your money and then people going to pay y'all to act up. Then by all means. And there have been some really great interviews and moments that have um, uh, have come out of the Breakfast Club, uh, positive and negative for that matter. None of which that Angela Yee contributed to. But go ahead. I mean, fair statement. <laughs> um, I will say this, though. You know, Angela had kind of trying to been getting out away from, been trying to get away from them for a minute anyway because she didn't really feel supported by them, Charlamagne the God in particular, especially after that interview that he did with Gucci Mane, when Gucci Mane basically called uh, Angela Yee a bitch and a, um, and a, um, Basically said that she uh, she was disrespectful towards him, and because Charlemagne did not defend her in that interview, she's been kind of salty with him about that since then. Uh, did he really call her like a groupie, or did he like accuse her of like trying yeah, to come on, on to people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She so he's trying to get with him. Yeah, he said some kind of. Yeah, she kept saying he first. He said that on their show at first, mm -hmm. and she said. That's not true. That wasn't me. And then Charlemagne did the other interview and he yeah. doubled down on it. Not the only person to check Angela Yee about some of her behavior, if I'm not mistaken. Um, was it Nicki Minaj or some of the young lady that came on? K Michelle. Uh, K Michelle. Um, so like, and I'm not saying that Angela Yee is some terrible person. She's actually boring, so it's hard to find where the negative <laughs> positive stuff is um when it comes to her. So, but I also know she had uh, a situation with iHeart around her money. So I think that this giving her her own show was their way of being able to keep her and keep her audience. Because of course she has her uh, podcast lip service, which I think lip service works because it's talking about sex and relationships, not because Angela is necessarily that talented at interviewing and asking questions like Auntie Kaylee was talking about. And also, I mean, she lets a lot of foolishness fly on lip service. Um, there's a lot of things that she don't check people about. Um, but I get it. She's in the media industry, and so she let certain things fly because she knows it's going to uh, keep her money up. And, of course, she also has a bunch of other businesses. She doesn't really need the Breakfast Club money or even another show. She's got a, a juice shop and some other couple businesses. Like, she's fine. Um, but I understand wanting to stay relevant and being able to market your businesses, and so she's going to make maintain a presence in the media industry. So congratulations on your show. I'm not going to hate, hate on a black woman getting some money, but also, like Auntie Kaylee said, I will not be tuning in because lip service makes me go to sleep. And they be talking about sex and it makes me sleepy because they still not... <laughs> it's, very, it's very basic. It's very, like, base model, very, like, entry-level, like, energy that they be giving. And I just... I don't like listening to them talk. And I also respectfully... No disrespect. I know you can't do nothing about this, but I do not like the sound of Angela's voice. It annoys me. So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, do y'all think this is kind of like fumbling the bag a little bit? Because you raise some good points. Like the Breakfast Club is what keeps her relevant. Um, How long is a show um, that's spearheaded by her going to last, really? Well, I think. OK, so I think it, it's a risk. It's always a risk when you leave something to go to something else. But I am so happy for her getting this show because black women do not get these opportunities in radio. Right. And I know she's not 100% black. She's half black, half, half Chinese. Um, but she called herself a black woman, so I'm going to call her a black woman. Um, black women don't get these nationally syndicated solo positions. They're always a sidekick um, or, you know, part of a, a, a group. So for her to get to, to have the show on her own, this is like almost unheard of. Um, and she has a huge machine behind her. 
um, pushing for this. So I, I'm glad that she took the opportunity while she could, because it may not have come back around um, if she waited any longer. She's put a lot of years into radio and into the entertainment business. She's definitely earned this position. Um, I know a lot of people don't don't care for Angela. I guess I'm the market. I like Angela, so I get I, maybe I'm base model and all of that. But I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy lip service. Um, I enjoy sex talk, um, and I know that's not for everybody either. Um, but there's definitely a market for it, and they see that she, for some reason, is able to bring the people to the yard. That's um, where Juice Bar. Though, whenever I get to New York, I'm gonna be all. Of them yeah, she definitely has a lot of a lot of those type of businesses um, that are doing good. I saw a video of one of her hair stores. The lady walking in the other day and stealing that mannequin head with the wig on it. Um, they joked about that on the show. Like, y'all know who stole my um my wig out my shop. Um, but no, I'm I'm yeah, I'm happy for her. I do not want, well, I'm not gonna say that. I will be open to seeing Remy Ma test on the show. I don't think she necessarily would be a good fit no. with the other two hosts. I think Remy's a little too rough. <laughs> um, I that Remy. Let me be quiet before she come around and hit me up. I'm gonna be. <laughs> nah, it's, it's just, I like Remy. I don't want to see her on the View as a permanent co-host either. Yeah, I don't want to see you know? her anytime. Any type of like, I don't. I would rather Remy have her own like type of show where she's a host and doing things that relate to her world and her uh, her uh, orbit and stuff like that. I don't want to see her with other people. The same way was it the state of the. State of the Union or something. I liked her on, on the state state of the state of the union hip hop, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I liked her on that. I think that was more her speed, you know, than the Breakfast Club. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know if they need a third host. Like Angela Yee is such a non-factor. Like, would it really well, make much of a difference if it was just them two? And I don't I will say I will say this. When Angela first started, she said that she came on the show and she told them, I don't want to be the the chick that just comes on and does the rumor report. And that's kind of what happened. So I think that she needed to go. I, I don't know if she was necessarily supported in doing more in, or they you just want to pigeonhole. Got people like Charlemagne and DJ Envy hosting the show. You can't. I mean, the one person that I think that the show would fail if they lost is Charlemagne. Right. I think that, kind of the show. And DJ yeah. Envy is kind of second in line for the being the show, you know? Yeah. So the way they set it up. Like their relationship is funny and their interactions are funny. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like, do they even need a third person? Because I think the show would be fine. Or do rotating a little, little fem- female energy in there. They need, I would say a rotating woman host uh, would, would be something like bring somebody in for a week at a time and just kind of see how things flow. But I don't really want to see Remy Ma truthfully in that dynamic because Remy Ma she actually falls onto the kind of the Charlemagne side of things, which would make very unbalanced energy in that room as far as interviewing and having guests. So I personally do not want to see that. And I'm not trying to stop Remy's bag because they talk about paying her $158,000 a year. Yeah, I ain't trying to stop it, but I, I, don't, I would need to see it to... And Remy's going to get into arguments with them too. So, <laughs> and, and that's going to end up overshadowing some of them interviews because y'all know Remy, you know, Remy is Remy, so... All right. Well, we'll see what happens. But congrats to Angela Yee on Way Up with Angela Yee. We'll see what happens. All right. Auntie Kayla will be coming to you next with our former president, um, Donald Trump. 
What do you got going on in Mar-a-Lago, child? So Kirby's favorite president, um, <laughs> got raided, as I'm sure everybody knows, unless you live under a rock. Um, so his Mar-a-Lago home was raided by the FBI, which, side note, did y'all know his mansion had 58 be- has 58 bedrooms, 33 bathrooms, and sits on 17 acres? Did y'all know that? I did not. to me. Huh. Anyways, mm. um, so the search warrant was issued for violations of the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, and criminal handling of government records. The FBI collected more than 20 boxes, as well as binders of photos, um, sets of classified government materials, and at least one handwritten note. Um, and the FBI said that they are now receiving an unprecedented amount of threats since the news of the raid was um since the news of the raid broke, um, I don't know if y'all heard about like some dude in Cincinnati went up to the FBI office. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, they still are out here wilding out for Trump. So I don't know. I just like, I'm not surprised that he was raided. People are saying there's an informant or there could be a mole. I mean, I feel like Trump is just such an idiot that it doesn't even take an informant because he stayed telling on himself. But I'm just confused. Like, why did you take all that stuff? You didn't read while you were in office. And then you're going to bring the paperwork with you now that you're not in office that you didn't even look at when you were in office? Also, who hides shit at their house? Like, is that not the most obvious place? Like, you ain't got no homie, some patsy that could have kept the shit. A storage unit? I mean, dude, you had it under your bed. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I just... He's such a 1980s criminal. It's just... Like, you keeping shit in the shoeboxes in the back of the closet, and you think anybody gonna fucking find it? Come on. Like, please. And I just want to talk really quickly, because, I mean, Trump is who he is. Fuck that man. I want to talk to his fans uh, slash disciples. <laughs> y'all, that man got killed running up on the FBI. Y'all got to understand something that while you may feel the way that you feel about, quote unquote, the election being stolen and Trump is our president and so on and so forth, the federal government is not fucking with y'all. Like the January 6th trial should let y'all know what's going on. The fact that that man mm. ran up on the FBI steps and was out here tweeting and on one of them uh, Trump social media platforms talking about what he was going to do. And now he done got toe tagged fucking with the FBI. Like, y'all gotta stop playing with these organizations. The CIA, the GBI, the FBI, the DEA, all of them will put a hot one in your ass. Don't play with All the acronyms. All the acronyms. They will put a hot one in you. They have no problem with putting a bullet in the back of your head because ultimately, the president runs the military. He don't run those other organizations. He walks, he works in congruence with them. So they may make decisions and be like, hey, what you feel about this? But they have jurisdiction over themselves to do what they need to do and how they need to do it. And at the end of the day, when the FBI is coming for you, and this is a uh, full circle talking about all you know, gun violence, all this type of stuff. When the feds come for you, just lay down. And same thing with that lady. You should have just let them arrest you. When the feds come for you, they've got everything they need. Everything that they need before they even step on your front door. Before they serve a warrant, the FBI has already cleared everything with everybody. So when they come what, for what you, they, do, they need to, they've already cleared <laughs> everything with everybody. They done, they done got your fingerprints. They got your birth certificate. They got evidence about every single trans infraction that you've done. They've talked to your sister. They've talked to your stepdaddy. They talked to your third grade teacher about how you was a psychopath. They have already feared, figured all that stuff out by the time they knock on your door. So when the feds, anybody from the federal government come talking to you, whether it's the IRS, the FBI, CIA, just go ahead and hit them with this. Like, all right, child, we'll 
So where are we going? Can I get some? Can I get some breakfast before we leave? Like it, like that point. And then he talked about getting a, an attorney because this is criminal and this has never happened to a president before. Bro, take that Nixon shit the fuck on and take your L and move on. Like stop playing with us. I thought his attorney was Giuliani. Shit, he should have called Giuliani. And Giuliani missed something. <laughs> in one of them, like y'all. I understand y'all think y'all because y'all Republicans that y'all gonna be able to get away with shit because hashtag money and hashtag GOP, GOP and white male privilege. But these folks are not playing with y'all. And I know what the raid is about. What they're trying to do is make sure that they have evidence. It's some uh, federal uh, statute, federal 18, something like that, where it says that if you take documents out of the president, um, like classified documents outside of those classified spaces, that you can be removed from office or never be able to run for office again. And that's essentially what they're trying to figure out how to do with this man. And if, like I said, the FBI came, they know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giuliani don't want them that fed smoke. He really don't. Um, I know Donald Trump is somewhere punching the air right now saying, and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> Scooby-Doo vibes for y'all who don't recognize that. Um, yeah, th- this is ridiculous. Like you said, you didn't want to do the work when you was in office. So why you got all this stuff at the crib? What is you doing, Donald? <laughs> um, I personally have taken this as a sign from above to not take work home with me. <laughs> um, I feel like the, it was a sign. That was it. I was looking for it. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I, I get it now. Leave work at work, y'all. That's a word for today. I should have put that in the damn to-go box. Leave work <laughs> at work. Because you see what happens when you take work home with you? Mm-hmm. Your run up through your house. Donald Trump is a clown, though. He he was even like, they even broke into my safe. It's a raid. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? They don't be like, up, 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 lock safe, guys. Let's, let's respect their privacy. No, we're going to open it up, too. Um, the never, I, I love how people always love to say never in the history of the U.S. has fill in the blank, because always in the history of the U.S. has something happened before. They kill me with that um like there'll be like a violent thing and they're like never in the history of the u.s have we ever seen so much violence and i'm like were you here in 1619 so okay um because that wasn't violent at all right um so this this kind of fell under that like here we go again never in the history has this happened um and if it hadn't happened to another president, then shame on you for being that damn corrupt that it had to happen to you first. Okay. Um, also, I laughed. I had a little tee-hee-hee to myself because President Trump was very critical of people who have fled the Fifth, who have taken the Fifth Amendment um, in, the, in the past. He's made fun of them. And in his deposition, which I think they said they held him for like six hours, and he pled the Fifth to everything. Um, he, he did not answer not one question, everything he took the fifth. And mm-hmm. uh y'all probably saw the the um Dave Chappelle show, the old clips coming up um of him one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's how I imagine Donald Trump giving his deposition up there. Yeah. Um he said it was at the um uh, uh suggestion of his a legal team, which it was the suggestion of the other people's legal team when you was making fun of them. 
So it's funny how things come back around and they always make excuses for him. He always makes excuses for himself, even though he's doing the same old stuff that's been done, done, done it all, done, done it all. He the same. Oh, same OG. Oh my god. I mean, no one okay. So when he was moving out, because you mm-hmm. know he wasn't moving his own shit. How did you move 20 boxes of top secret classified documents out? And I feel like that's some of the questions they were probably asking in the deposition. And that's why he was pleading the packing with all the furniture. <laughs> Because you're going to have to answer some things and some other people are going to be going down because I I know he didn't carry them boxes on his own because I don't think he could. Um, like physically, I don't think he could. So I, a lot is going to come out of this. Like, like Kirby said, one of the things, even though they knew he wasn't going to answer any questions, they wanted to get him on the record of refusing to answer by um, taking the fifth. And hopefully legally he will not be able to do some things in the future because of that um it was funny yeah, like freedom perhaps Repu- right <laughs> republicans kept saying oh he was compliant he complied with everything but like compliant doesn't mean you, you took the fifth for everything i don't think they'd be understanding words um because words mean things yeah, Marlago. Let's keep an eye on it. Y'all know this story is going to be running. This is going to be huge. It's going to go all the way into the next election. Mm-hmm. All right, moving forward in Louisiana, Krista Abelseth has been ordered to pay her rapist child support. Yes, y'all heard me right. Um, when Krista was 16 years old, she was given a ride home, admittedly from a bar. She was doing what a lot of teenagers do out doing stuff they shouldn't be was at a bar and john barnes who was 30 years old at the time offered to give her a ride home um instead of taking her home he took her to his house where he art her um and I'm, while while i'm right there let me say because this comes up later people are saying well she didn't really get raped it was um consensual but in this state much like georgia that was not the age of consent uh, well, the state of consent, the age of consent in Georgia is 16, but that was not the age of consent then. Um, so it was still statutory, regardless. Um, Krista actually had a baby from the encounter. Um, John found out about the child years and years later and um, sought uh, what's it called guardianship. He wanted um, custody. custody, thank you. He wanted custody of the child. Um, he was granted by Judge Jeffrey Cash. Rhymes with trash. Um, he was given partial custody um, when she was 11 years old. This was not enough for him. When she was 16, he went for full custody and was granted um, full custody by Judge who? Jeffrey Cash. Rhymes with trash. Um, Krista, because of this, is now paying the man who raped her child support for her 16-year-old child. I want to make it clear the little girl is 16 years old. How old was Krista when she was assaulted by this man? Mm-hmm. 16 years old. Um, there is an alleged complaint on behalf of the daughter that she suspected that she's been drugged and sexually assaulted by her father two nights in a row. Oh, my God. Called and she was taken to the hospital where doctors confirmed there was evidence of forced entry congruent with sexual assault. 
the daughter is allegedly still in the custody of her father. Um, there are also questions about why Krista's initial rape case was never investigated. She reported it. She followed up on it. She kept being told to be patient. They're going to do something. But 16 years later, there's nothing that has been done. And the evidence that it something that, that it occurred is the DNA in the daughter and that, that it is his daughter. So that means you did. Whether it was forcible or statutory, you did it. Um, this is crazy. Um, in the in the wake of Roe v. Wade, this this made me start thinking because if we are forcing women, Crystal wanted to have her baby. Um, from from all accounts that we know, she wanted to have this baby. But if we are forcing women to have babies, even when assault is um a part of it, this could happen if you know the assaulters are asking for custody and end up having these babies that these women probably didn't even want to begin with, and then they end up paying their attackers child support. Um, ladies, I don't even know where to ask y'all to start with this. Um, do you? Does this make you nervous at all for what could happen to women, Auntie Kaylee? I mean... Does it make me nervous? I mean, this has been going on for years and years regardless. So am I more nervous than, I already know about the threats that are out there, you know, that women face uh, and deal with. I've never heard of anything like this. I think if you are raped and you choose to have the child, you get pregnant and you choose to have the child, or now that you are now, you're forced by, you know, the government to have your child. Um, I feel like that should just automatically disqualify uh, the father from being able to seek any sort of rights to the child um, or, and of course, definitely like no child support. Like that's just crazy. That's crazy. That should disqualify you off top. You're a rapist. You're a rapist. You don't need to have nobody's kids. Okay. You don't need to be around children. Um, they said the guy, uh, the father owns a web branding company and the police department is one of the clients of his, oh, one of his clients. Sense. Um, yeah, I, it just sounds as giving conspiracy vibes as giving corruption. Um, I don't know, you know, on top of not being investigated, the uh, initial act not being investigated. Now he has these allegations now that he's being faced with, and yet he still has a hundred percent custody of this child. Like it's just, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> I don't get, I do not understand. You're muted, Antoinette. Thank you. He, they did talk about the police involvement quite a bit. That was something that came up. Um, allegedly, according to the mom, he has threatened her with that so much, saying, I'm in with the police. I have all these contracts with them. When you look on my website, you even see their logo. It's, been, it's there. It's been there for years. They recently removed it, by the way. Um but up until recently, it was there, and it wasn't no problem to be there. And if it wasn't no problem, I don't know why you're taking it down now. Um, so, yeah, she, she's been intimidated um, by this whole process. They did ask her um, in an interview, did, did during the custody things, did the, um, the way the child came about come up? Did that? And she was like, yeah, we, we said it, and they want to know what was the, the judge's um, reaction. It was no reaction. It just kept going. Like didn't didn't um, acknowledge it. Um, when people had questions of how the father got full custody, they she said it was because 
she bought her daughter a cell phone that was alleged by the father. Um, they were like, is it an order saying that she couldn't have a cell phone or she couldn't get what she said? No, he didn't want her to have a phone because he couldn't have control over the phone. But she said the funniest part is I never bought her a phone, a new phone. Even if she did, what 16-year-old doesn't have a phone? The, right. But she was like, even though he alleged it, I never actually did it. But Judge Cash, rhymes with trash, went with that and gave him full custody. So this is like, this is corrupt. There's some kind of corruption. There's a reason why Louisiana is in the bottom of the barrel as far as American education is concerned. Right. Where we get it. Um, more in this this kind of crazy news. Um, Raymond Thompson, charged with he's 34 years old, was charged with the fatal stabbing of the mother of his six children. Um, this is in West Philadelphia. I mean, uh, yeah, well, might have been East Philadelphia, excuse me. Um, Ashley Lockhart was the mother, she was 32 years old. Um, Thompson told detectives that he stabbed her because he believed she was cheating on him. This goes back to the earlier story we talked about, you guys. Um, apparently, Lockhart actually had an order of protection against Thompson, but it has not been made clear what the conditions of that protection order was. Um, Joanne Pescatori was the homicide chief at the DA's office, said that she believes they were actually still living together, um, but that Lockhart did do the right thing by getting the order and trying to get things rolling. Um, in that regard, there's a GoFundMe set up for Lockhart. Um, they said some really beautiful things about her being an amazing mother and, and such on there. Um, we've seen a lot of violence on women lately um, in many different states and cities. And they've been particularly gruesome, even some violence in retaliation against women by murdering themselves and their own children. Mm -hmm. um, where are we with this, ladies? This is... I mean, we talk about hard to hear, hard to see, hard to watch. Um, Kirby, talk to me. Sick mother of six, deceased, murdered her in a van in public in front of a grocery store. And he left the knife in her skull. The, um, the police said the knife was lodged in her skull. And she, she stabbed, he stabbed her 18 times, including in the face. You know, <laughs> I could say, I hope he burns in hell. I could say, you know, this is really sad. Um, I could say a lot of things. A black woman dies every five and a half hours in this country, typically due to violence, um, domestic partner violence. Um, I feel sick. That is, that, that is, that is where I'm at with it. And I know I joke and I, I act up and I say some wild things on this podcast. Y'all, this is um, this is not okay. It reminds me of that situation. I don't know if it was earlier this year or last year where that uh, man shot um, shot his girlfriend and I think a couple of his kids because she wouldn't give him some of her uh, tax refund money. It's just it's a lot of examples of this type of stuff going on. Um, the man that most recently shot himself and his three children in retaliation to his girlfriend also because of so-called infidelity, another man got on Facebook Live talking about why he killed his wife or the mother of his children um, because of some potential infidelity um, and that he had warned her that he was a felon and that he had murdered before. And so he was upfront with her and honest with her. Um, 
like I said, I'm gonna try my best not to dog the men today. Let me talk to the women. Y'all gotta stop having children by broke, raggedy, mentally unstable men. Um, and I understand that in certain instances there is assault that is involved. Um, and I would not necessarily tell anybody to get rid of your baby. Um, but above all else, stop entertaining, stop allowing these type of men into your spaces. Um, most of us that are adults know when something is wrong with us. If you know you don't make good decisions, you know, you need to go somewhere and find out how to figure out how to increase your decision-making skills and make them better. But really, ladies, whatever color you are, whatever creed, whatever religion you are, whatever part of the country you live in, stop allowing not just men, but people in general who do not mean you will into your space and stop trying to take care of and fix and coddle people. It's not helping us. This idea that black women can do everything is killing us. That we can handle all kinds of heavy burdens and mental instability and emotional instability and disrespect and domestic violence, it's literally killing us. It's okay to be by yourself. The issue is a lot of us have problems with loneliness and we think that we can feel that loneliness with people and with people's problems, their emotional issues, their financial issues. Just stop, because it's literally getting you killed. Stab 18 times. Do you know how hard it is to stab somebody, let alone 18 times? And how hard it is to lodge a metal object in somebody's head when it's not something high impact, like an accident? Ladies, just take care of yourselves. And, and to the gentlemen, you know, I understand it's hard being in this country, but that don't that don't mean that you kill somebody just because they made you mad. Y'all got to deal with your anger issues and your emotion and your emotional instability. Um, and whatever your mama might have did to you, whatever your daddy did or did not do to you, that's not that other woman's fault. And even if someone does cheat on you, black men are part of the reason why most black women that have some sort of STD have it in the first place. So y'all do the same shit. But you have different reactions to the same behavior when it is done to you. And it doesn't make any type of sense. Everybody needs to get some type of assistance and some help. And I, I, I just pray that folks figure it out. I know for me, I don't go outside. Me and Instacart are very good friends. And I go to places where people who have something to lose go. I don't go places and be around people that ain't got nothing to lose. Um, Coco? I don't even know where to start. What a finish. I really um double back on Auntie K. Like it do happen a lot, or you know, women find themselves not wanting to be alone, so they settle for something that they know is wrong, or you ignore the red flags, like you see them, like you've had 20,000 of them, and now you know that last red flag may cost you your life or your children's life or your safety, all because you don't want to be alone. I'm gonna mm. be alone. You get know, like the first time a man do some like putting my life in danger. I'm I'm getting out the dough because I'm not going for any of that. But I think we just gotta kind of value ourselves more. I just don't think we value ourselves enough or put or have enough respect or courage for ourselves to know that we really deserve better. And yeah, that's why I met with it. Yeah. Okay, let me bring peace to that to the woman uh, to that beautiful woman um i feel bad now you got six kids who don't have a mother or a father now because you know he chose to end his life when he made that horrible decision to end hers so um the youngest child was only five months old her youngest child was only five months old 
it's just, it's tragic. It's sad. Um, yeah, men, I'm going to put it back on the men or talk to the men. Do better. Get help. Seek therapy if you need it. Take medication if you need it. Um, there's no harm. It's not weak um, by, by utilizing those things that are out there. They're out there for a reason. Y'all are lonely and nobody wants to be with you for a reason because you're maladapted. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to treat people with respect. You don't deal with rejection. You don't understand how to cope. You have no coping skills. Do better. And that perfectly leads us into our next and last story, uh, Kirby, saying, talking about men doing better. Oh, <laughs> y'all know Judge Mathis has a, uh, a reputation for calling anybody who don't know how to act a crackhead. Well, he definitely drugged black men uh, this past week. There's a video where he was accepting an award or something of that nature. Um, we'll probably share that during the live this coming week. But he essentially said, black men, stop sitting down and letting your women defend you. Stop being punks and chumps and suckers, his words, not mine, um, and stop sending your women out to these protests to get killed and trampled on. Stop uh, mistreating your women. Uh, stop being disrespectful and dismissing um, and stand up and be a man and take care of your business. And uh, people had some very interesting responses. Uh, for the most part, positive. It was an outpouring, obviously, from women saying, you know, thank you, Judge Mathis, for finally, you know, being one of the men to communicate what we've been trying to communicate to these men for a long time. And some of the guys got in their feelings, but Judge Mathis also is one of those black men in the community that has a lot of respect um, uh, and, a, and a lot of pull and a lot of uh, social capital as it relates to black men. So it appears that they've been responding fairly positively or just not responding at all. Similar to how when you tell a child that they done did some wild shit and you ask them, well, why did you do that? And they sit there and don't say nothing. It's been a lot of that as well. Um, so, you know, just shout out uh, big ups to, uh, to Judge Mathis and also something he did recently was to support his son, who happens to be a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and so I just appreciate him being a black man uh, who is a grown, real man who takes care of his business and being honest and, and sharing, you know, his experience and his observations with the community and being unabashed about it, you know. Like I said before, a lot of times men don't listen to women when we critique or when we complain or when we have issues with them. Um, they tend to only listen to other men. So I hope that a lot of the men that got a chance to watch him call them suckers, chumps, and punks um, and stop being weak-minded and stop letting your women fight your battles for you and pay your bills and only play video games um, and ask when dinner is ready. I hope that they take heed and that they listen and they recognize and understand that if somebody like Judge Mathis who has had to oversee a lot of cases of fool la la and has always been very fair and will check black women check women period but also check men about their behavior hopefully they recognize that he's coming from a place of love and also coming from a place of leadership and understanding and knowing that if we um and particularly as black men in particular do not start investing in their mental health and in being leaders in their communities um it's going to lead to some very deleterious uh impacts um, I imagine some of you all got a chance to watch the video. How did you all feel watching him go off on the podium? <laughs> I just want a round of applause for brother for brother Mathis. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Amen. Let the church say amen. He said everything. Come on. Uh yeah, he's awesome. And um, when I was looking um up 
him and this story and all that. Um, and he's even speaking out and speaking up on behalf of Ashanti because I wasn't even aware of this, but apparently Irv Gotti, but now here talking real spicy and slick and putting their business out there, whether it's true or not or whatever. Um, and so Judge Mathis spoke out on that, saying that Ashanti should seek a gag order against him. So I am here for him. He seems to speak up and speak out and be on the right side of these issues. So bless you. Got it, Shandy. What you got? Um, he just tired. You know, like for me, I'm a, I love blackness, and I just know that black men can be so great. Like they really could if they just really dig deep in, do some soul searching, get in therapy. And I think him as being one of those good black men, it's it's sickening to him. Like I'm just tired of seeing these niggas. And I'm gonna call them niggas because y'all ain't deserve to be called black men yet. I'm tired of seeing these niggas show their ass. You get what I'm saying? Like it's time for somebody to speak up because a lot of time men don't like to speak up against other men. Like they feel like it's a bro code because, like I told y'all before, men are emotionally attracted to one another and only physically attracted to women. But that's a story for another day. Mm. But I just think he's just tired. Like he's speaking from a place of just like, I really need y'all and want y'all to do better. Like we are so much better than this. And I think he told the truth. Y'all really be out here acting like crackheads. Then get mad when we treat y'all like crackheads. Do better. <laughs> I think y'all said it all. I agree. That's all they got no more. I appreciated what he said. Only thing I say, I always say men hold other men accountable. Mm -hmm. And that's what you saw there. You saw a man doing that and standing on it, firming his word and walking his talk. Okay. Um, again, if I see men who hang out with men who do questionable things, you are now questionable to me. For sure. Um, because I don't know, I, I do not agree with men who can do that and be all right with that and still be around you. They, if you really feel that way, you need to separate yourself. Mm -hmm. I personally don't like child abuse, so I don't hang out with child abusers. Now, if all my friends is abusing children, what does that say about me? Something wrong with you, sis. And, I, and I'm still hanging out with them, going out, toasting glasses and shit. Right. But, I, but I'm not abusing children. But you hanging out with people who are. See, it sounds worse when I put it like that, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. If you are a man behaving in a certain way, then you should only be around other men behaving that way that you that you think is okay. But if you're around people who do things that you find unacceptable and you don't have a problem with it, then I, I find you find it acceptable. You're accepting it. Absolutely. Um all right. Well, thank you, ladies. That was the menu for today. That was some really good conversation. I really like that. All right. It's the bottom of the show, you guys. Kirby's going to let us know what the book of the month for the month of August 2023 is. 2022. Um, so, okay. Black Girls Not Exhausted, a novel uh, by Jane Allen, um, and it is actually a part of a series, and so that is what we're trying to read this month. It is actually about, um, it's the first book of a three-book series about a young Black woman who, faced with unexpected infertility diagnosis, must navigate her romantic life, her professional ambitions, and complex family matters with the help of her two longtime friends. So it's very much a sister girl kind of book. 
um, definitely would recommend it. You can get it from all book platforms, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or wherever you buy your books from. Um, audio versions are available as well. So that is what we are reading uh, for the month of August. And so again, that is Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen. All right. I'm going to be late reading it, y'all. I admit my book will not be here until Monday, but I will be reading it from Monday. Um, I did get, um, I saw a little feedback online um, with someone who said that they read the first chapter and like literally burst out into tears. Mm. So, so excited to read this book. And I found out it is one of three, a series of three books. So excited for those other two as well. All right. Sometimes you go get your food. You're excited to sit down and eat. You open it up and your fries ain't even hot. You got to do a return. We like to call them let goes. Auntie Kaylee, what are we letting go of this week? Work conferences. Mm. Tired of it. Uh, the best thing about the pandemic is that when we, when they started doing the conferences again, it was on Zoom. Um, and there really is no point in us going and physically sitting in a conference room where you're usually cold, the food is stale or bland or, you know, not cooked right. I mean, it's unnecessary. I'd rather be at home watching uh, the conference. That's That works for me. Um, I had a work conference this past week uh, that was in Jekyll Island. I've never been to Jekyll Island. I was excited to go. Um, however, I miss represented or misunderstood uh how long five hours in the car really is like it really <laughs> didn't really fold over in my brain so the conference was just two days i got in wednesday evening the conference was all day nine to five on thursday um then it was nine to two thirty ish on friday and we had to check out and so then you know then i'm back on the road I feel like I drove 10 hours for two minutes of conference. I'm sick of it. Then I go there. Don't nobody want to talk to me. Nobody's trying to get to know me. Like, I just, you know, I don't know. That's my let go shit. I'm over it. So I'm tired of doing these conferences. Um, we can do it online. We don't need to be there in person. Especially the food not good. Waste my time. Yeah, at least let the food be good. If, if at least the food is good, then you can be like, well, the food was good. Everything else was trash, but we ate good. Um, give me them egg noodles and that dry bread. Sounds like some stuff that Shandy, Auntie Coco, is trying to let go of. So earlier today, we was talking about people who are mentally unstable and crackheads. And I just need to let go of the mentally unstable person who called my phone blocked in private over 30 times. Um, oh, my God. I'm going to need you to go get some help, Poodle Woo. I don't really know what's going on in your mind. And it's really over a, a situation that I'm no longer involved in. It was about a man, y'all, because women be crazy about a man. And I just feel like, you know, since I don't want no problem, you can have them. I, I let you have them. I, I, I walked away peacefully. So I'm going to let you go. And it's crazy because I really don't even know who you is, but you know who I am. So it's also crazy and a little scary. But know that I keep it on the sis. So this is not safe over here. But I'm gonna pray for you because you need some help. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, that's what I'm letting go. Oh, All right, we letting go of the foolishness, y'all. We letting go of the foolishness, and we letting go of these conferences. Period. If, if, if you can send it in the email, send it in the email. Her we don't need a phone call. We <laughs> okay. Need, we can do it online. We don't need to meet in person. 
we have technology for that now and COVID is still a real thing as well stop okay. grouping us up in these little bitty rooms and and folks still going home with different variants and we ain't trying to get monkey pox either okay yeah. okay if i get a boil anywhere everybody's going somebody gonna have to die oh mm -hmm. seven pounds of pressure <laughs> All right, sometimes we go to the function, not a convention, but a function, and there's food left over because the food is actually good. And we want to wrap it up with some good old aluminum foil or those good old styrofoam boxes. Take it home, put it in the refrigerator, eat on it a little bit after hours. We like to call that a good old to-go box, something we want to leave you with. And I'm going to leave y'all with something very simple this week. And I just, if you're looking for the sign to do it, I'm giving you the sign. Here's the sign, y'all. Have the conversation. Okay. You've been wondering if you should do it, do it. Have the conversation. Hear me. I did not so say go fussing at nobody or go argue. I said have the conversation. Let the communication process take place. Even if it's a hard conversation. Because we, we are right with the fun, easy ones. But those difficult ones, we tend to shy away from. Have the conversation. Um in having a conversation, I implore you to prepare for the conversation. Don't go in half cocked and you don't even know what it is that you're there to say. Think about it. Write your thoughts down. Figure out what it is exactly that you want to communicate and make sure that you're prepared to communicate it. Practice if you need to. Um, keep Make sure that you're calm, cool, collected. Make sure that you're prepared for that person not to meet you back with calm, cool, collectedness so that you can stay on track or disengage if you need to have the conversations and so many times we let things fester we don't address them and if it's not something that you can truly let go of and not be affected by and it's not going to affect how you move forward doing every regular day regular struggle regular things in your life then you need to have that conversation once it's out you feel so much better even if it's not received the way you have wanted it to, you got it out and you communicated what you need to communicate. Whether that is at work, at home, in your relationship, in your friendship, with your children, with your parents, have the conversation. And I'm going to add one more person to this list because I feel like this is the person that most of us need to do this with. And it is having that conversation with yourself. Mm -hmm. An open, honest, hard conversation with yourself. Take the time to do it this week. If you haven't spoken to yourself in the last, I don't know, however many months, years, take the time to do it this week. It may seem silly. It may feel odd at first, but talk to yourself. Really evaluate. Reflect truthfully on what you have going on or don't have going on. Maybe you listen to Judge Mathis and you're feeling some kind of way about yourself. Have the conversation. Okay? Maybe you are that man that's feeling like you want to do harm to a woman in your life because of what y'all got going Have that conversation with yourself and then with a therapist or law enforcement if need be. But have the conversation. Amen. We need to converse more with ourselves, with your spiritual leaders, whoever you pray to, with each other, 
and we need to be willing to receive. Mm -hmm. So have the conversation and that goes to those who the conversation is coming to. Don't run away from that person coming to talk to you. Have the conversation. Have it. It may be the last conversation, but have it. That is what I want to put in your to-go box this week. All right. That's a word. Mm -hmm. That's it. Ain't got no more. (laughs) Kirby, let people know where they can reach us and connect with us. It's been a pleasure. You can reach us on Instagram at extra crispy, extra wet, spelled in standard American English. You can also email us your comments, questions, concerns, emotional outbursts, even ideas, or if you want to be a guest on the show, hello at extra crispy, extra wet.com. Join us every Wednesday for extra wet Wednesdays, where your illustrious host, Auntie Nick, brings out a little bit of extra sauce for you all. Uh, we thank you so much for continuing to rock with us and engage with us. We're trying to take it all the way to the top. Um, and and and, and even past that, and outside the galaxy, and past the Milky Way. So we appreciate you all rocking with us and continuing to elevate with us. Um, so reach out to us. We don't bite. I promise. Unless it's a wing. <laughs> I love it. Unless it's a wing, um, and it, unless it's extra crispy. And extra okay. <laughs> all right. Again, we appreciate y'all being here. Y'all could have been anywhere in the world, but you was here with us, and we love you for that. Y'all know we keep it straight Atlanta. We don't say goodbye. We just say, all right, then, Shadi.